Are you pretty good at bringing order to chaos, great at motivating people, and a get-it-done kind of person? It could be that you have the gift of leadership. Learn all about it today on Abounding Grace. This is amazing grace. This is unfailing love. That you would take my place. That you would bear my cross. You laid down your life. That I would be set free. Oh, Jesus, I sing for. Hello again. We're delighted to share the next half hour with you here on Abounding Grace. We'll turn things over to our pastor and teacher, Ed Taylor, momentarily as he continues his series on the Holy Spirit. Lately, we've been examining the seven primary spiritual gifts found in Romans 12. Every believer has one or more of these, and you could say it's what motivates you to get up out of bed in the morning. Some of you listening no doubt have the gift of leadership or administration. The gift will be underscoring today. Let's see what it looked like in the early church. In the early church, there is this gift of administration occurring in Acts chapter 6 when there were problems with the widows and how the the goods of the church, the benevolence of the church was distributed. It, It was chaotic and difficult. And as the church was growing, as any church will tell you, whether it's a church of 20 growing to 30, or it's a church of 30 growing to 100, or a church of 100 going to thousands like it is in the early church here, this was a church of 120 that grew to 3,120 in an instant. From hundreds to thousands, what happened in Acts chapter 6 in the life of the church is that there was a group of widows that was, was really divided into two sections. One were Greek-speaking widow, Jewish widows, and one were Hebrew-speaking, the Hellenists and the Hebrews. There was a murmuring and complaining and a difficulty because the Hellenists felt like they were being neglected in the daily distribution, and it was a big problem. And I'm sure they gossiped about it, and I'm sure they talked behind the apostles' back, and it was bad. It always is. When as soon as they brought it to the leadership, it got fixed. And that's always the right way to handle things. The wrong ways to talk about people behind their backs. The wrong ways to to gossip and make, this is so horrible. No, bring it to the leadership and they'll fix it. That's exactly what happened here. In those days, when the number of the disciples was multiplying, this is Acts chapter 6, verse 1, there arose a murmuring against the Hebrews by the Hellenists because their widows were neglected in the daily distribution. The twelve summoned the multitude of the disciples and said, It's not desirable that we should leave the word of God and serve tables. Therefore, seek out from among you, brethren, seven men of good reputation, full of the Holy Spirit and wisdom, whom we may appoint over this business. But we will give ourselves continually to prayer and to the ministry of the word. And the saying pleased the whole multitude. They chose the guys. They solved the problem. And... It says in verse 7, the word of God spread and the number of disciples multiplied greatly in Jerusalem and a great many of the priests were obedient to the faith. That's what happens when problems are solved by the leadership of the church. That's what happens when problems are solved by the leadership in your home. That's what happens when problems are solved even in your role at work. If you're an overseer or a supervisor or a manager or a business owner, You know that the more time you spend on problems, the less time you can spend on running and overseeing the rest of the business. But when you solve things, 
The same with the church. All the time that's spent trying to solve things that believers aren't able to solve among themselves, instead they start complaining and murmuring against one another. Once the leadership gets in, they propose a spiritual solution. It's approved and ratified. It's deployed. Then people are blessed, and then the word of God can start going out again. Someone among the disciples... And I suggest to you, the Bible doesn't say, but I suggest to you that the someone among the disciples was probably the same person counting and doing the math at the feeding of the 5,000. I can't, the Bible doesn't say for sure, but putting the pieces together, I think it's a great possibility that the person with the gifting of of administration when he was feeding 5,000, doing the math, was also the one that was doing the solution here. Now, before we head out, I want to give you some dangers and some hazards for those of you by now that know you have the gift or if you happen to have this type of person in your life. Because you happen to be married to an administrative type of person or you, and you're not. Because, you know, there are some people that think about the big picture all the time and they're always thinking and you might even accuse them of overthinking because you don't think that much. Because there's some of you that, well, it's just life is simple for you. It's just simple. You wake up in the morning, you're hungry, you go into the cupboard, you get your Cheerios, you pull a bowl out, you pour your Cheerios in, you get the milk, and you start eating your Cheerios. And you're like, I just like eating my Cheerios. <laughs> yeah, but the world's falling apart. Yeah, but I've got my Cheerios here. I'm eating breakfast. If, if I have to deal with it later, I'll deal with it later. But I'm chasing a Cheerio in the last one on the milk here. And as soon as I'm done, well, what are you going to do next? The world's falling apart. What are you going to do next? After you eat your Cheerios, well, I'm going to drink my milk. Well, what do you mean? Like, what else am I going to do? I'm going to drink my milk. Well, what about that? I'm going to put the bowl in the sink. Like, you just live a simple life. People with the gift of administration, you, you know, like me, for instance, me, I'm, I'm going to exaggerate a little bit, but some of it's not all exaggeration. I pull the Cheerios out, and one of my first thoughts is, I wonder if I have enough to finish my breakfast. And if I do finish my breakfast, will I have enough Cheerios for tomorrow? Do I have to ration my Cheerios now? Um, what do I have? And what about the milk? Is there milk in the... What, how much milk do we have? Did the kids steal the milk? Or, you know, it's like, do I have to hide the milk? How would I hide the milk? Because we only have one refrigerator. And You... I don't care if I have Cheerios or not. Fruit Loop, don't matter to me, you know. It's like, but I'm always thinking ahead, thinking about what's, what we might need next week or next year. And for those of you that just kind of have a chill approach to life, we are so jealous of you. Over the years, God has added that to my personality, but I do have that ability to overthink or what might be perceived as overthink, but I'm really just thinking ahead to make sure everybody's taken care of and that we do things as smoothly, as good as possible. But you have to watch out for some things if you have this gift. And number one, if you want to jot them down, a person with the gift of leading or administration always runs the risk of planning the Holy Spirit out of it. Whatever you're doing. Because you're so good at thinking, you're so good at planning, you're so good at to-do lists, you're so good at getting things done, you're so good at even motivating people, but you, re- you lack over time being dependent upon the Holy Spirit and asking the most important question of all, God, do you want me to do this? That's a great question to ask. But you see a need, and instead of saying, Lord, what do you want about this need? You just jump in and you plan the Holy Spirit out of everything, especially within the church. But remember, these gifts are not just for the church because you are the church. 
So these spiritual gifts are to be exercised in order to bring people to the saving knowledge of Jesus Christ wherever you are. These gifts are needed in society, let alone within the church. Think about it in the church as practice. Here, when you serve here, you're practicing. If you oversee a ministry here, you're practicing. If you're organized something, you're practicing for the real deal. And the real deal is your neighbor and your coworker. And yes, some of you that put your left hand up, that difficult person in your life, that difficult boss, that family matter, that's the real place where gifts shine. Because remember, the seven gifts uh, that are mentioned here are really uh, the fullness of the ministry of Jesus Christ on the earth. And then that carried over to the first generation of believers and has carried over generation after generation. And somewhere along the way, somebody decided that church going was all that was necessary and that the building, wherever you might meet, we happen to have a permanent building. We were in the school for seven years. We were renting places all over to gather because gathering is from the Lord. Gathering is ordained by Jesus gathered together with the saints. Jesus expects to gather with us when he tells us wherever two or three are gathered, I am there. He wants to meet with us in small prayer groups and large church gatherings. But this is not where it's at. This is just the beginning. This is just a place to get recharged, reoriented. It's a place to be reminded of the faithfulness of God. The church is powerful when we leave, which is going to happen in just a few minutes. You're going to leave. You don't stop being the church. You don't stop being the church when you show up to work. You don't stop. I don't stop being the church when I'm filling my gas tank. I am the church. You are the church. And the gifts are powerful in a world that doesn't know the Lord. Just like you and I were many years ago. You don't want to risk planting the Holy Spirit out of your life just because you're good at organizing. That's not the gift of, of administration, not being led by the Holy Spirit. It's easier to make all our plans and offer them to God, isn't it? I mean, we all do that. I don't know one among us that hasn't really done, you know, Lord, this is how I want my life to turn out. I'm going to go and get this education. I'm going to go here. I'm going to get this job. I'm going to get married. I'm going to live in this neighborhood. I'm going to drive this kind of car. I'm going to have two and a half kids, which is the average these years, I think. And I'm going to have this, and I'm going to retire, and then go to heaven. And of course, it doesn't work that way. Because life happens. Life happens. And the Lord has us on a path that's going to glorify Him. We're on the planet to bring honor and glory to Him, and not to ourselves. And you, it, you can't just say, Lord, this is my life here, bless it. But rather, we need to get our plans from the Lord first. Because He always blesses His plans or another way of saying that, he always blesses his will. And so we need to obey him no matter how hard it is. We need to obey him when he has spoken clearly. We need to go forward with boldness and endurance, as we'll see in a moment, to press forward. But you've got to be careful. You don't want to make decisions apart from the Holy Spirit. They will be decisions you regret and will slow down your progress for the gospel. The best, one of the best verses in the Bible that really encourages me on this is when, when the prophet, uh, God is speaking through the prophet to Zerubbabel and he says, this is the word of the Lord to Zerubbabel, not by might nor by power, but by my spirit, says the Lord of hosts. 
There's a lot of ideas out there on how to do things and how to go forward, a lot of books to read, a lot of Twitters, a lot of tweets, a lot of Facebook stuff, a lot of things that are crowding our minds, eliminating our dependence upon the Holy Spirit. You just got to understand that. So much of our life is fleshly because we're in the flesh. And how are we in the flesh? With everyday habits that we develop. Listen, five years ago, people were not obsessed with Twitter. Just five years ago. Five years ago, people weren't checking Facebook every five minutes of their life. Just five years ago, six years ago, you know, you might be saying, well, Ed, it's seven years. Great, seven years ago then. I don't know when. And that, even though it's not necessarily sinful, you'll have to determine what it is for you. I'm not saying that. Because I'm always posting things positively from the Word just so people that are checking will get a good word in there. So, and you wonder, well, Ed, you're on all the time. Those are all pre-scheduled. There could be a post going on, and I'm standing right here in front of you. We, I use a tool that gets all that done for me. And also we have guys here that set all that stuff up. That's not the point. I'm not, I'm not making the point to try to make it some heavy burden. I'm just making this point. If you examine your life, a lot of your flesh will be associated to how you spend your time. And if you're just obsessed with everyone else's life instead of your own, you're not going to be consulting the Holy Spirit. That's all I'm saying. You take it to prayer, and you tell me what the Lord answers you. But a lot of our flesh is because we're so obsessed with things that aren't leading us to the Spirit of God. Number two, a person with the gift of leading and administration uh, risk lording over their position, lording over others in their position. Shepherds don't lead by intimidation. Shepherds don't lead by threats. Shepherds don't lead by asserting power, by demanding or commanding. Shepherds lead by example and servanthood. And so because you have the gift of administration or leading, you're put in a position of leadership. That's not God's permission to lord over people and boss people around. As a matter of fact, if you're really walking in this gifting, you'll have people accuse you of, why aren't you doing anything? Why aren't you doing anything about what they're saying? Why aren't you doing Hey, look, just be led by the Spirit. He'll do all that needs to be done. You keep your eyes on the Lord and get people going toward Him. And it's okay with whatever people's perspective might be because we just have to learn how to trust in God's perspective. And you don't want to lord over people. You don't want to boss people around. The church doesn't need any bosses. The church needs servants. So in order to deal with this part, it's a really good habit for you to create of encouraging people especially those that serve with you. You could do that by writing notes. You can do that by texting. You can do that by phone calls. You can do that by going out to lunch or just saying thank you. There's a lot of different ways to do that, but you want to develop a habit if you have this gifting of encouraging others and thanking them and appreciating them, and the Lord will bless that, and you won't be so tempted to lord over. The Bible forbids that, by the way. Number three, You also risk using intimidation to get your way. And I pull that out just a little bit from the first one, but I would say intimidation and manipulation because you get your eyes on the goal and you want to get it done when you need to get your eyes on the Lord and on his people and you won't manipulate or intimidate people. If somebody's trying to manipulate and intimidate you to do something for the Lord, they're not representing him properly. People that are always throwing their weight around and demanding, I'm the boss. It's like, you know, you sit there and go, I know you're the boss. You're the one that interviewed me. You're the one that gave me the job. 
You're the one that hands me my check. I know you're the boss. You're the one that yells at me all. I know you're the boss. But somebody having to assert that all the time really has no power or authority at all. And that's ugly in the world. How much uglier is it in the church? If you have this gift, be careful. Because that's just really weak, worldly leadership and has no place in the church. And for the sake of pastors on their way home from service right now or listening in another state or might even be, you know, you're not feeling good today, you're listening online. If you're an intimidator and a manipulator, stop it. It's not from the Lord. Serve the people with joy and gladness. Number four, it's a good one. If you have the gift of leading or intimidation, you risk getting irritated and grouchy. Irritated and grouchy. Save the elbows, okay? No elbows to the spouse right now. Because I'm not talking about morning grouchy. Like some of you aren't morning people. I'm not talking about that kind of grouchy. I'm talking about the kind of irritation and grouchiness that has to do with people not living up to your expectations. And you're leading that way, and then, you know, the volunteers didn't show up, and then you start getting mad. I can't believe they didn't show up, and what's going on? And you get so upset and so mad that you, you forget, like, they're precious in the sight of the Lord. Before you get all mad and grouchy, why don't you just call them and find out if they're okay? Find out if they're in the hospital. Find out if they need prayer, if they had a bad night. You know, today the Lord just put a burden on my heart about, as, we, as I was praying this morning, I just put a burden on my heart about people that woke up today that yesterday was the worst day of their life. And they don't, they're not here. The last place they want to be is in public. And the last place they want to be is with Christians, so-called, that are smiling and happy. And they don't want to be here. But I don't hold that against them. Because yesterday was a really bad day. And a really bad week. And they just don't want to get up. I know one brother in particular, he he woke up this morning after his wife spent all night partying last night. He doesn't want to be in church, but the Lord loves him. He cares for him. And as we serve and we minister and we run the race, we have to remember if somebody's fallen alongside of us, we need to stop and pick them up. We need to remember that, man... You're getting grouchy and irritated by what other people's failures is going to make you ineffective in exercising the gift that the Lord has given to you. Yeah, you're right. Things don't always work out the way they are. You try to pick somebody up, they don't want your help. That, that happens. But it's so rare. Most of the time, God will open doors for you to serve people and love people and get them going in the right direction, help them when they stumble, remind them of their calling, love on them, encourage them. That, that's ministry. But if you get all upset, you're going to forget the role. You know, the role that God gives to the administrative person is that they always see chaos. They always see difficulty. It's like almost all that you see. But the reason you can see that is because God has designed you to fix it, to organize it. It would be like this, to be irritated. It would be like a mechanic. And, and your car is, something's wrong with your car. You have no idea what it is or how to fix it. Like me, you don't even, I can't even put air in my towers, right? One time I put too much air and blew the top. I mean, what am I thinking? I don't know. How much air do you put in those things? I just eyeball it, you know? <laughs> Looks good. I mean, I have since learned that, that this was when I was younger. I've since learned their little gadgets and stuff, but still, like, I don't know. So I take it to the mechanic and I say, hey, look, my car's messed up. Can you look at it? And the mechanic says, I can't believe this. You're the fifth person came today with a broken car. 
Why'd you bring it to me? And you're like standing there going, dude, I brought, I, you're a mechanic, right? Yeah. I'm just sick of people bringing in their broken cars. And you're like, dude, like you're supposed to fix it. I don't know how to fix it. You fix it. You're like, we're going to do a little transaction here and you're going to fix it for me. But who is a mechanic like that? Or, or a doctor. Can you imagine a doctor's office lined up with sick people and the doctor, they're in there trying to go, you know, the patients are waiting. Oh, I'm sick and tired of sick people coming to see me. Can't some well people come in? Can't they just come in and let's talk about life? Do I always have to prescribe something and look down their throats? I'm tired. I mean, or a dentist. Another set of rotten teeth today. Oh, what did I go to school for my whole life? Oh, I know, I know. That's how it is with a person with the gift of administration all mad and upset about being in the midst of his church to bring order to chaos. Be careful. Because it's a trap. And when you stop loving the people that God's called you to love, you will not be a good person to be around and you will not be exercising this spiritual gift. That's Pastor Ed Taylor pointing out some of the dangers or hazards that those with this gift of leadership need to be mindful of. And there are two others we'll draw your attention to in just a moment as Abounding Grace continues. Are you interested in a CD copy of this message? We can send that your way for $2 if you'll call toll-free 877-30-GRACE. That's 877-304-7223. For instant access, look for the studies online at calvaryaurora.org. Another way to listen to Ed's teachings is through our mobile apps. Both the Calvary Aurora and Grace FM Colorado apps are great ways to take in a steady diet of God's Word wherever you go. Search for Calvary Aurora. We picked out a wonderful book this month we think you'll get a lot out of. It's called The Prisoner in the Third Cell by Gene Edwards. John the Baptist was imprisoned by Herod, and no doubt he struggled to understand a Lord who didn't meet his expectations. This dramatic account will offer insight into the ways of God, and we'll send it your way for a gift of $25 or more to Abounding Grace today. And thank you for your support as it allows us to bring the teaching of God's Word to stations like this every day. We can't do it alone. Call toll-free at 877-30-GRACE or make a secure donation online at calvaryaurora.org. If you'd rather write, our address is Abounding Grace, Post Office Box 460598, Aurora, Colorado, 80046. We'd like to get a wonderful resource into your hands. They're bookmarks that will help you remember the components of each of the spiritual gifts we're currently looking at on Abounding Grace. And they're absolutely free and accessible through our website. Download and print out as many as you'd like so you can give some away and help others discover and use their gifts. That's waiting for you at calvaryaurora.org slash spiritual gifts. All right, let's take a look at two more dangers associated with this gift of leadership. Number five. This is an interesting one. It's hard to conceive, but you probably can see it in your own life if you have the gift. person with the gift of leadership or administration always risks getting lazy and procrastinating. And here's what I mean. Because you're so good at what you do, because you're able to get things done, and you do get tired from time to time, you'll just start putting things off that you think you can finish the day before. And you just put it off, and you put it off over here, and nobody really can tell 
Because on all, so many other areas of your life, you're getting things done. You're getting things done. You're getting things done. But you know that you've been putting things off. And you've been putting things off. And then putting things off, you're like, well, I don't really want to do it anyway. And then you get lazy. Then you stop looking. You know, you might be like that person, like, I'm tired of doing this. So you start look, you stop looking and you don't want to serve anymore. So now you're not involved in any, now you're lazy and procrastinating. That's why, here's the Bible word for that. You're not serving with diligence anymore. That's why he said in Romans chapter 12, if you have the gift of leading, then lead with diligence. Don't be lazy just because you can cover it up because you can get more done than other people and they can't tell that you're being lazy. God knows. Don't do it. Be careful. And then finally, this is very similar. Number six, you risk getting tired, burned out, and bummed out. Because you're a doer and people know it, they may decide to dump a lot of work on you. Just like the gift of service You have to learn how to say no sometimes. You can't do everything. The gift of administration and leading is not the gift of being Superman or Superwoman. You can't do everything. Next up is the gift of mercy. Hear all about it as you join us Friday for Abounding Grace with Ed Taylor. This is amazing grace. Abounding Grace is brought to you by Calvary Chapel Aurora. 